Welcome to the HeartStrong Discipleship Podcast. Visit heartstrong.life forward slash login to access the notes from today and all the benefits of our membership community. One to the two and two to the three. Let the world see the Holy Trinity. Let's become HeartStrong Disciples of Jesus together. Well, let's pray. Father, thank you that the book of Numbers is coming to an end and Deuteronomy is going to begin. We are grateful for the month of July, for being together, to pouring over your word and for you speaking to our hearts and changing our lives. Lord, thank you for all that you're about to do today in us. As Nicole said a moment ago, this is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, our uh, memory verse is from Romans chapter 12, and you can imagine what it was like for the Apostle Paul as someone that grew up in Judaism, and yet God chooses to send him to the Gentile world, and he's in the Gentile world uh, surrounded by the insanity of the day, and he says to the church at Rome, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All of us, you hear it over and over again. I wish I knew the will of God for my life. Well, you can't go wrong by studying God's word. And then he's able to speak to you. You know, sometimes they'll say to me, Pastor V, I need a word from God. So I take the Bible and I go, which one do you want? In other words, there's lots for us in God's word because the written word always reveals the living word. And today our summary is in Numbers 34 to 36. I'm going to tie in the last one. And you see the specificity of how God works. He talks to Moses now about the borders of their inheritance as tribes. He's very specific. And in chapter 35, we see the Levites being apportioned 48 different cities throughout the whole land. And included in that are six cities of refuge. And we'll talk about that in a moment. And then we get into chapter 36, and we see what happens when Moses has to deal with the daughters of Zelophehad and what is it that they're going to do with their inheritance. So all the way through 34, 35, and 36, if you're like me, I am astounded by how specific God is, how clear he is, and what he wants for his people so that they're not left wandering just aimlessly, but they have a very specific task that God wants them to fulfill. So how many know that he knows what he's doing? 
And the question we always ask is, Lord, how are you going to lead my life? And then he takes you back to the book of uh, Numbers and he shows you, well, if I can lead millions, I can lead you. And that's the confidence that you and I have to have. If he was specific then, he is specific now. If he can provide then, he can provide now. So the lesson we learn is that while the Israelites are unfaithful, God shows himself faithful. And so that's the summary of what we're going to uh, take a look at today. And I have some slides that will come up on the screen. And we'll start those now. So this is the very first hypertext slide that you'll notice on the left-hand side at the bottom, the word Genesis. Then you'll see on the right-hand side at the bottom, the word Revelation. Every little drop along the bottom of that represents a chapter in the Bible. So from Genesis to Revelation, you can see the connectors all the way through the scriptures. For example, when you see how the Bible begins, you also see how it ends. So it's a pretty cool curve to show just how every portion of scripture connects from the old to the new, from the new to the old. It's one story. It's one book. It is one message to all of humanity, and it's done through various stages so that there's a clarity to the depth of what God is doing. I love this slide. I sit sometimes, and I just look at it, and I say, Lord, you are incredible in your dealings with humanity. You haven't left us in the dark. You haven't just said, do away with one portion of the Bible because you don't need it anymore. You've given us your whole word. That center line that you see in the very middle, that's Psalm 118. And that becomes the center point of scripture. So I hope it's as encouraging to you as it is to me. Let's go on to the next slide. And now we're in the book of Numbers, chapter 34, verses 1 to 12. And it starts out where God tells Moses, here are the borders of the land of the inheritance for the people. And Joshua and Eleazar are appointed to divide the land through the leaders from each of the 12 tribes. And so he starts with the western portion from the Mediterranean Sea. Well, they'd all be familiar with the Mediterranean Sea. And so they would know that from that border, as we start coming east, it's going to be from Kadesh Barnea via Zin and the Salt Sea to Zedad and Hamath in the north. So they would be familiar with these now. And they would begin to see that whether it's Western, Eastern, Southern, or Northern, God takes care of it all. If you look at the red line that is noted in the, in the photograph on the left, you'll see that that's what's recorded in Numbers 34, 1 to 12. It kind of outlines the land of Canaan and shows us where the tribes are going to be situated. If you go later on in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 47, you'll see the blue line from uh, 13 to 20 in that portion of scripture. And it shows almost an identical division of the land. 
So there's a consistency as we go along. And God is able then to expand everything that he needs to expand in the land to cover all of the, his people. Next slide. If we go back to Genesis chapter 12 or chapter 15, God has made a promise to Abraham. And that promise is the borders of the land of Israel. And you can see that it's going to be much bigger than what it currently is. So there's a lot more to happen uh, in the land of Israel, and in particular with the Jewish people yet. All the land between the Nile, which is in Egypt, and the Euphrates, which is in Iraq. So if you're like me, you look at something like that and you say to yourself, Lord, how is that all going to happen? And you realize that he's God and you're not. And so you can just say, Lord, we know you have everything under control. And so as you continue to move, Lord, this is one example that we have. Let's go to the next slide. You'll see it a little easier. So here is greater Israel. Um, you'll notice that it includes from the north, Turkey, uh, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Jordan, Saudi Arabia. How many know, and Egypt, how many know that most of those nations are Muslim currently? And so what is going to happen for God to move in such a way is that little tiny Israel, and if you're familiar with geography here in, in Ontario, if you start driving your car from Ottawa and you drive to Peterborough, that's as far as going from the north of Israel to the south. That's all. It's a very small piece that they currently have. Very small piece that God was showing uh, Moses. At this stage of the journey, this is the portion that's been allotted to you. But I made a promise to Abraham, and that a, a portion size will continually increase. So when I do studies on the book of Revelation, I'm always encouraging people to remember God is dealing with Israel, the Jewish people. That's one target that he has. But he's also dealing with non-Jews, which would include everything else. And that in those two dealings, you begin to say, okay, Lord, if that's what you're doing with Israel, where's the church in all of this? And uh, for Joyce and I, when we discuss that, you know that in Revelation 4, the church goes to be with the Lord, and uh, in Joyce's uh, theology, he comes he, he comes for the church much later. So I'm happy she's going through the tribulation because I'm not. So this is greater Israel. This is what is yet to come. So if you're like me, I'm excited with the knowledge that God, there's so much more to go on in the earth, but this portion of land particularly when you get into the nation of Israel and you get to look at the capital city in Jerusalem and you realize where God said, I put my name there, this is mine. So there is a place on planet earth where we can look and we can see what God is doing and why he's doing it. Let's go to chapter 35, next slide. So this is the Levitical cities. And you know that the Levites were those who were uh, involved in the work 
as priests and as teachers of the law throughout the whole of the land. They were the bearers of holy things. They were the singers and they were the slayers of the sacrifices and keepers of the tabernacle and eventually keepers at the temple. And so these are very, very important people. And uh, the scripture says the Lord spoke to Moses in the plain of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. And he said, command the children of Israel that they give the Levites cities to dwell in from the inheritance of their possession. And you shall also give the Levites common land or suburbs around the city. So when you think that the Lord is going to give the children of Israel a wonderful inheritance in the land, inheritance in the land of Canaan, from that inheritance, he's going to say to them, but I want you to give a portion of that to the Levites who will not have inheritance in the same way that you have. And so God always blesses us to be a blessing. He's always doing things in us to be able to say, keep your hands open. When you and I lived in the concept of culture every single day, our, our mindset was buying and selling. You set a price for something, I'll pay you that, and the transaction is over. Now in kingdom life, it's sowing and reaping. It's a totally different way of living life. And so here are these Wonderful Levitical cities that are scattered throughout the whole of the land. And uh, let's take the next slide. And it says, they shall have the cities to dwell in, and their common land shall be for their cattle, for their herds, and for all their animals. The common land of the cities, which you shall give the Levites, shall extend from the wall of the city outward a thousand cubits or around 1500 feet or 2000 uh, clicks out. So verse seven says, so all the cities you will give to the Levites shall be, how many? 48. God is very specific. And these you shall give with their common land. So he scatters these Levites all throughout the land so that they can minister to the hearts of the people. The people in turn can minister back to them. And God has divine order going on in the, in the cities and in the tribal uh, sections that he has divided up. And he's very, very specific with the 48. And yet in the midst of the 48, there's going to be six very unique cities. Next slide. The Lord spoke to Moses and he says, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you cross the Jordan into the land of Canaan, not if, but when you cross, you shall also appoint cities to be cities of refuge for you, that the manslayer who kills any person accidentally may flee there. They shall be cities of refuge for you from the avenger that the manslayer may not die until he stands before the congregation in judgment. And of the cities which you give, you shall have six cities of refuge. So you not only have God now speaking to the people about their inheritance, but as you go into the land, I also have all of these cities that are appointed to be um, part and parcel of the 
inheritance that the Levites had. And in those 48 cities, there are going to be six cities of refuge. And that's going to be there. You're going to need a place of asylum. You're going to need a place to be able to deal justly and properly with accidents that happen or with murder that takes place. And so we see from these books that we've been studying the basis of law in our culture even today. And God is setting that all in place so that there's justice, that there's fairness, so that people are not uh, accused of something uh, in unjustly and lose their life. And so they had these little places that they could go to. Next slide. So these are the cities of refuge in the same map structure that we're looking at. And you shall appoint three cities on the, this side of the Jordan and three cities you shall appoint in the land of Canaan, which will be cities of refuge. So you have the Jordan River that flows from the Sea of Galilee to the Dead Sea. And so you've got cities of refuge on the uh, western side and cities of refuge on the eastern side. And this is for, as the scripture says, these six cities are for refuge for the children of Israel, for the stranger, for the sojourner among them, that anyone who kills a person accidentally may be able to flee there. You know, when you think of uh, ancient culture, sometimes justice was pretty harsh. Uh, you could accuse somebody of committing a crime and that person could die simply out of the rage of the crowd. And God is trying to bring order in the midst of his people. And by doing that, they're going to have a society that will be able to function. Next slide. This is a, just an example that when someone is fleeing, the signage to the city of refuge would be very, very clear. The Levites would have the responsibility to keep the paths to the cities of refuge in good condition. And nobody had to travel more than 32 miles to reach one of these. And so you can see that even in this primitive stage of their development as a people group, he has already in the wilderness begun to reveal to them divine order in their midst that as God in the midst of the people, he is going to reveal himself to be a God of order, a God of justice, and they are to be the same thing. So you can see this particular person who has either accidentally killed someone or who has willingly killed someone. Uh, he knows that because what he's done, there's something called the avenger of blood. And that simply means a relative of the person who has been killed has the right to take this individual's life. And that's why he's on the run. He's going to make it to the city of refuge and he's going to be able to go inside the gate. And when he goes inside the gate, then he is safe. The avenger can't come into the city and take his own life. Justice needs to take place now. And witnesses have to be taken. And all of the things that surround whatever happened need to be discussed. So this particular individual will stay in the city until the high priest of that day, it was, was usually an elder, 
the high priest dies. And when the high priest dies, then he's free to leave the city. All right, let's go on to the next slide. The tribal chiefs then are appointed to divide the land up. And again, it's in uh, relationship to the size of the tribe. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, these are the names of the men who shall divide the land among you as an inheritance. Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun. And you shall take one leader of every tribe to divide the land for the inheritance. The inheritance among the children of Israel in the land of Canaan. So you can see as they cross into the land, there's going to be a portion set aside for each of them. And they will simply go to their portion of land. There will be borders established and they will begin to live their life. If you have traveled to Israel, you know that it has a coastal region. It has beautiful uh, beaches by the Mediterranean Sea. It has a fertile plain in the center. It has got a rocky but uh, beautiful northern portion. And then you have the Negev Desert in the south. So the land has very different uh, geography. And yet, as they're apportioned the land, they're delighted to know that this is our inheritance. And so you have Moses, you have the leaders of each of the tribe, you have the clarity of the borders that are drawn, you have the Levitical cities that are in place, and now you even have the cities of refuge. So they're quite ready uh, to start this whole journey of not only taking uh, oversight of the land, but beginning to uh, demonstrate the power and the love of God in the midst of the people. So let's go to the next slide and you'll see how the land is kind of divided up from the tribe of Dan in the north and then Asher and Naphtali and Manasseh and Ephraim and Reuben and Judah. And there's this part that I mentioned to you a moment ago that when you came into the city of Jerusalem, um, you always realize this is a holy city, but it's a natural example of a spiritual reality that there's a new Jerusalem that is going to come down from heaven one day. And so when I said a moment ago that God's at work and he's dealing with all of these issues in the natural that are revelations of the spiritual, then you have Benjamin, Simeon, Issachar, Zebulun, and Gad. So that's how the land is divided up. And these are the names of the men from the tribes of Judah. Caleb, the son of Jephthah. These are the ones the Lord commanded to divide the inheritance among the children of Israel. And so then you see the names of all these different men that heard Moses give the instructions on where their land was going to be, what the borders were going to be. And I think that in itself is an amazing example of the orderliness, the clarity from which God directs his people. And then we'll go into the last slide. And this is when you get into Numbers 36. And here are the five daughters of Zelophehad. And they are coming to Moses. And they are pleading their case and their situation for their inheritance. And Moses has to make a determination. Um, what will happen to these young ladies 
if they marry outside their tribe, what will happen to the inheritance? And once again, you see the honor of God, the justice of God, the clarity of God. And these are the kinds of things that as a pastor, when I would read these in the beginnings of my journey, and I thought to myself, Lord, you were even back in that day, very interested, not only in the men, but also in the women of Israel, that they would be inheritors of all the things that you had for them as a people group. And they weren't excluded. And simply because their father had died, these ladies appealed. And when they appealed, the Lord said, this is just and this is right. And so Moses said, the only thing that I would uh, say to you is marry within your tribe. And that way your sons will maintain the inheritance and it won't go to another tribe. The tribes already had their inheritance. They already had the provision of God. And so even these women, later on when I was able to look into the New Testament and I saw particularly when God extends gifts to, to people, um, the ministry then was not about gender, it was about the gifting of God. What was he doing in a person's life? Next slide. So God instructed the daughters uh, of Zelophehad they could marry anyone they wanted within the tribal clan, but no inheritance was to pass from tribe to tribe. So the five sisters complied with the ruling and married their cousins on their father's side. So, like I said, throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, God shows special concern for the widow, for the orphan, and we read over and over how God makes special provisions for them. So no one's excluded. Everyone is meant to be included. The only responsibility you and I have is to follow, to be obedient to God, because that's the, that's the book of Numbers, the obedience of the people of God, enjoying the blessing and the inheritance and the favor of God. And if they chose to disobey, then they received the justice of God. And that's clear over and over again. Last scripture, last slide. So they were crossed from, from Jericho. And the scripture ends by saying, these are the commandments and the judgments which the Lord commanded the children of Israel by the hand of Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho. So. As they, that's it for the slides. So as they as the people are going into the land that God had promised to them, they're not going in blind. They're not going in confusion. They're not going wondering what God's will is for their life. They are going in with absolute clarity. And I hope that you see that in the book of Numbers and you would always also see that in your own life. And so here we are today in the New Testament, and we are now the holy priesthood. We now are the priestly tribe. We are able to offer sacrifices to God anywhere. We can offer a sacrifice of praise at any time. We are here to intercede for others, to pray for others, to share the work of God and the word of God practically amongst one another and within the context of a local church. 
just like you see the Levitical cities that are set up, they are spread throughout the whole of the land so that people always have a focal point to realize that these are those in the midst of us who were there to help us in our journey to walk with God. When you get into New Testament, you see that everything that's written is written usually to a people group in a city, in a local church community. And so our memory verse is Romans. So it's written to the church at Rome, to the believers who are in that city, who are in that local fellowship, who get to express. And so if we could get a map of all the cities of the world and see all the places where local churches have been established, I think you'd see the pattern. You'd see what happened in the book of Numbers with the 48 cities for the Levites. Now you would see them just scattered throughout the world and you'd say, oh Lord, your amazing wisdom, your amazing grace, and then little scriptures that start to come to mind. The knowledge of the glory of God shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And when you think of how waters cover the sea, it's complete. So God is at work in the midst of his people all over the world. So keep in mind, those who are not believers yet are going to be influenced by those who are believers in this wonderful body, this wonderful makeup called the local church. It's a global church with a local expression every single time we gather. Uh, when I pass by Life Center and I see all the cars in the parking lot, I say to myself, Lord, speak to the hearts of people driving by. Let them be curious what's going on in there. And we've had all kinds of people over the years say, we've come to this church to find out what was going because we saw the sign, we saw the cars, we were curious. And so let curiosity, Lord, touch their hearts and lives. And then you have, as we began, God is going to fulfill his promise to Abraham and that the, all the, the families of the earth are going to be blessed through the blessing that rests on Abraham. But there's going to come a natural example, which is the Jewish people of a spiritual truth that for all men everywhere, God is at work seeking to draw them to himself so that he can be in the midst of his people. And so that's it for now. All of you that have to go off to work, uh, I want you to go off today with a confidence in your heart that uh, not only is God directing your steps, but he's working in you and working through you by your demeanor, by your attitude, by your example that others can see. So be a good Levite today and go out and serve the people that are in your sphere of influence wherever you go and make a difference for Jesus today. Bless you guys as you go. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Have you ever joined one of our live online Bible studies? When you become a HeartStrong member, you will have access to all of our live Bible studies. These studies are amazing because we get to do it together. We listen to the teaching and then we spend about 30 minutes discussing what we have learned. You will hear powerful testimonies, insights, and questions and prayer times from people like you and me. We would love to see you there. 
visit heartstrong.life and click membership to join. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our live online Bible studies soon. Let's become HeartStrong Disciples together.